Hello and welcome to the podcast. We have Connecting Through Confident Communication and today we have Mark she- Mayor Mark Shepard with us and I'm just going to read his bio really quick. I'm just honored to have you here. Mark Shepard was born in Salt Lake City. He grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico and has lived in Clearfield, Utah for the last 26 years. He is the principal broker and owner of Shepard Real Estate Group. Prior to being elected mayor in 2013, Mark served six years on the city council and nine years on the planning commission. He is presently serving his third term as mayor. As mayor, Mark has been a catalyst for revitalization in Clearfield. Mark is the chair of the finance administration and intergovernmental intergovernmental relations committee for the National League of Cities. He has served in many functions within the league, including two years as chairman of the Military Communities Council and as the vice chair of the Small Cities Council. Among Mayor Shepard's local responsibilities, he serves on the board of the directors for the Utah League of Cities, the Wasatch Front Regional Council, the Utah Defense Alliance, and the Military Installation Department Authority. Mark has been married to his wife, Tammy, for the past 34 years. Wow. And they are parents of seven children and eight grandchildren. That was awesome. That was such an amazing <laughs> mouthful. Thank you for being here today, Mark. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. So I'm excited for you to just tell us a little bit about um, what you do on this podcast. We like to talk about how we're able to connect and be confident in our communication skills and with all that you're serving on, it sounds like you are communicating with a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which is funny because I'm probably the thing that people don't know about me is that I really am an introvert. I am not, in everything that I do. People go, oh, my gosh, you're the most outgoing guy. I am the most shy, reserved guy that you probably can ever meet. I don't just grab people and start conversations. But heaven forbid, start a conversation with me. I'll probably never shut up. So, <laughs> so how how do you do that? I mean, that's a great question to start with. Is like you are more introverted. And there's a lot of people like that, like us. Um, but how do you get out when you're in front of people to be able to be more open and talkative, talkative and communicate more effectively? You know, I, I mean, I grew up with a, a theater background. I mean that 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 I think has helped me more than anything. It, 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 Except when you're in theater, and that's what I studied at BYU, is I mean, I was a, a theater major um, until I realized there's no money in it. And then I you know, switched over to business. But uh, but that was my passion. But when you're when you're performing in theater, there's nobody there. You, there's an audience out there, but you can't see them. The lights are on. You, you really can't see anybody looking at you. And so it's it's a performance. And and I found that, you know, when I go to speak in church. I'd panic. It, it it was so out of my my wheelhouse to get up and and speak to somebody when I could see them. Right, all the it, lights are on and all the people. Oh, and it was you know. So when they called me to be a bishop, and you know, it's like, hey, Mark, we're gonna we want you to to, to serve. It's like, oh my gosh, I had to speak all the time, wow. and it really that's where I probably got more practice than than anything. So when I publicly speak, I would think, you know what. How do I tie in me and make this personal uh, for me and really help, you know, those that I'm speaking to? And it didn't matter. It started off with church 
and I would start with a with a hymn, and I would sing the first. I'm a singer, so I would sing the first verse of a hymn, and then I'd go on to finish the rest of my my speech, my talk, and I'd wrap it up with the with, with the last portion of the hymn, trying to tie it all together. And that was just me. It's just what I did, and. When they when I was elected as the uh, the uh, president of the Realtor Association, I thought, oh, I've got to give give this big speech as they uh, at the inaugural, and they just sworn me in. And I told my wife I was going to sing, and uh, she just looked at me and said, "Wrong place, don't do it, Mark. This is not the time to pull that kind of a thing. You now have a room of of a thousand people looking at you as as their leader." Uh, the president of the association now is not the time for you to try to do something like that. And I said, Oh, you're, you're probably right. I, I just, you know, but I was taking over that year as the mayor of Clearfield and the president of the realtor association at, at the same time. And, and so I, I, now I got to give this big speech and she's, I get up there and I'm standing on the stage and I look down at my wife and she's down there doing this. No, no, no. And I looked down at her and went, yes. Wow, you did. <laughs> and, and I started off my speech and I just looked out at this crowd of a hundred people, you know, a thousand people and just said, what would you do if I sang out a tune? <laughs> and they just stopped and the whole room just it was noisy and it just went to an absolute silence i love it and the whole thing was you know i get by with a little help from my friends and i went on to explain to them i'm about to take over as the president of this association and the mayor of clearfield and somehow i have to pull all of this off and i will never be able to do that without friends oh, and can't it. do it on my own and People still come up to me and say, I'll never forget that speech. And it's like, okay, it was totally off the cuff. I, I did not write a speech. I had no other thing to say other than, I think I'll start it with this song. And that was it. And you did it. And so music has been a way, which is really interesting because I love to help people and train people. But music is a way to, I, I really love music. It can shift your mood. It can bring in new energy, everything. So you found that to be a way that has helped you be able to start speaking and communicate and get out of your shell. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it is. I mean, that really was the catalyst for me to, to move out of my shell and, and, and get the confidence that I needed because I knew people would all of a sudden look at me and they would, okay, well, I have their attention now. <laughs> I've reached that point where now I don't have to do that. Now I don't have to get up and, in fact, I'm a little nervous to sing anymore and just in front of people for the, just, I was at the fireworks last night and introducing the band and, you know, told them that, yeah, in my spare time, that's what I love to do. And, you know, they're all going, come on and sing. And I was like, no, 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 we're not. Um, I'm and not then your singing. wife wasn't just going like this. She's like, yeah, no, there, there's 20,000 people out here. I am not going to sing. And and yet that's still part of that confidence. It's still part of that, you know, that lack of confidence that I should have grabbed the microphone. And could I have? Sure. Could I have just gone up there and said, oh, man, yeah, but there's 20,000 people looking at me. And so even then I still have that, oh, man, no. And they're prodding me and prodding me. And I got staff saying, you go do it. Go do it, Mark. And I was like, no, it's just not. I can't. 
But you know what I find interesting is one thing I've learned with confidence is when we do something that everyone's like, don't do it, or in our mind, we want to run the other direction because it's too scary. What I found is if I just move towards whatever that is that's fearful, that's how I personally have been able to gain more confidence. 100%. That's To me, it was intimidation. And it's not that I know I can sing. I know that that's one of the, the gifts God gave to me. And it's 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 one of my most prized possessions, I'll call it. But when I'm standing up on stage with somebody else who does it for a living, then I get intimidated. And it's not that I don't know that I can't stand up there and sing. And if there was no band behind me or no professional singers that were about to take the stage, I probably wouldn't have even worried. It, it it wouldn't I wouldn't have been anywhere near as nervous, but when I'm standing with somebody else, that they get paid to do this, and they're saying, "Mark, go ahead and sing." And it's like, no, see, what one of us gets paid to sing and the other one doesn't, and it, it, yeah, I just can't. Sit. And and that's where I I I just back off and say no, and I still speaking's different for me now. Singing's a different story, you know, and, and again. Even then, it's the confidence in myself. And it has taken me a long time to truly, truly gain that confidence in myself to speak, to tell people, to to share my thoughts and not not panic. How have you been able to get more confident? I mean, obviously, you're speaking in front of 20,000 people. That's huge. So what things you said you've been working on, you know, gaining that confidence, what things would you say? My my staff at the city hates me because they want to give me my talking point or not not just talking points. When I first started as mayor and, and we, we brought in a new PR staff, they would hand me a complete write-up of what I needed to say. And it was they'd written a speech for me. And while some people look at that and think that's wonderful, uh, it, it drives me crazy because it's not me. And even if I take it and, and tweak it and put it into my words, and 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 so it's still not genuine if I'm up speaking and reading, basically. what I, I hate it in church. I hate it when somebody reads a talk. I want to hear from them. I want to hear their personal experiences. And so my staff hates it because I started that they, they would write things for me and I would toss them out. And when we started doing visiting businesses, they had written speeches for me to give and this is what you need and i i'd throw them out and then they'd worry about what i might say <laughs> you know? well i saw one of your videos where you went in and were visiting the businesses during covid and i thought how you know what a great connection that was because what i'm hearing you say is it's more of that authentic genuine connection where you didn't look scripted you were just there talking and visiting and wanting to know about them and telling about their business during that time of covid where we were lacking that communication so Clearly, it was working to just do it your way, right? I had to find my voice. And I think that's what, if, if I had to tell anybody what, what makes me genuine, what, what is it that helps me speak in public and to have that confidence, it's that it's me and it's my voice. And it took practice for me to just say, okay, I, I don't need to say what somebody else tells me to say. I say what I need to say and what I, what I truly feel. You know, I can I can sell any product if I believe in it. It, it, but I have to believe in it. And I've had people say, you got to start this business or do this franchise or do this. And it's like, 
if I believe in the product, man, I can sell it all day long because, man, it's me. It's something I use. It's something I want to tell you about. And that's the same for me in, in public speaking. It's ha- yeah, I, It has to be me. And so at the very best, my staff will now give me bullet points. And, and that's only to remind me that don't go so far off topic, off topic that you you don't forget these uh, these five points that we gave you that you need to make. Uh, thank our get sponsor. back on that. <laughs> yeah. Last night at the at the fireworks, it was thank your sponsors. Here's the sponsors. Um, thank your city council. Introduce the airmen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay, I got it. I got it. You know, I, I would have done fine, but if I don't have those, I might forget something that I probably should have said. Right. And one of the quotes that I love is when you can believe in yourself, others believe in you too. So I love that you said that because when we have that confidence to believe in ourselves as speakers, as you know, and I even felt with the message you're saying, like the youth, we don't have to be anybody else. We don't have to speak like they do or show up a certain way because some we're getting so much pressure from the world sometimes. I'm looking at, you know, I have kids of all ages, but that it's okay to be themselves and be authentic. They have a message that other people want to hear. And it doesn't need to be like everyone else, even though sometimes we compare ourselves to others. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. And I I think my group, if there's a group that I love to speak to more than any, it's the youth. But it's with anybody, it's finding that connection and and helping them. And so when I spoke to to Job Corps last week, they had a leadership group and asked me to come in and and speak to probably 200 kids. And I said, what do you, what would you like me to speak on? You know, in fact, my personal trainer, I found it spoke right before I did. And so he came and I mentioned to him, I was speaking at Job Corps that morning and while we were working out, he says, oh, I'm speaking there today too. And what time are you speaking? And so as I'm, as I'm showing up, he's leaving the stage. And I had said to the Job Corps leadership, what do you want me to speak on? I'm happy to come speak. They said, we want to, we want you to speak on you. We want you to talk about you and you know what it what it is to be the mayor and and I looked at these kids and if I had have just started off speaking and saying you know I'm the mayor of Clearfield and here's what I do and here's what it took to become the mayor uh, these kids at Job Corps would have looked at me and fallen asleep and taken off and so we talked about what you know what what is your why. And I just asked him, I said, I'm going to circle back to this at the very end of my speech. And so I want to hear from you now. What's your why? And it was so amazing to listen to these kids, you know, raise their hand and say, this is why I'm at Job Corps. And I listened to all of their their input of why are you at Job Corps? Why are you here? Why? Well, I'm here because I've got a kid at home and I've got, I, I don't have anywhere else. And I've got to prove to my family that I'm good. And I've got to, I've got to prove to myself that I'm able. And, you know, then I, I told them, I said, well, I, we missed one thing. You just told me you're why you're at Job Corps. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know why you're at Job Corps. I want to know why you are. I, I want to know what is your purpose in life what what is your reason for being period and let's talk about you and it, we did, had did they open up well we had the most amazing conversations and i said so let me tell you about me and then it became how do i make that connection with this massive group of kids and how do i reach them 
And, and so I talked about me and I talked about my upbringing and the challenges that I have faced in my life that people don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I shared openly with them that, you know, I mean, I was an alcoholic when I was 16 years old. I, and these kids looked at me like, no way you're the mayor of Clearfield. And we went through some of the challenges that I had been through that they obviously have gone through and that I wasn't a good student. I was a horrible student. I hated school altogether. It wasn't until I went to BYU that I started to really love learning. And, you know, I, I, I talked to them about how I got there and how I even made it to BYU because that just that doesn't happen for the kid that, you know, I mean, I made it possible for there to be an upper two thirds. Uh, I was, I was that student. But what an amazing thing that you did. You went into a group, you asked questions and you weren't asking too deep of questions. You started with the why. So then they felt open enough to want to share what was going on at home. And what I'm seeing is this group of people that then start to feel connected because they're telling stories and things in their life that that they all can relate to. But then you went a little deeper to say, you know, no, I want to know more about you. And then they felt safe in this environment, right? This is what I'm hearing, that yeah. they wanted to share more. And that's how this connection happens. That's how this confidence and this communication is when you can feel safe and you can feel heard. And then you went on a deeper level to share vulnerable things about yourself that they're like, okay, he just became super real, super, uh, you know, someone that they could actually relate to because there are struggles with the youth. And these struggles and these trials help make us become who we're meant to be. I look at that in my past, in my trials and think, I don't want to take those things from my children or what happened to myself to help me be who I am today. Yeah, that's, to me, that's, that, that, that's crucial. Uh, in fact, it was interesting that, you know, I brought that home and ex- was explaining to my wife what had happened at Job Corps. And my daughter, who's married and has kids now of her own and, and and was she was at my house. And she said, you shared that with the kids at Job Corps. Do you talk openly about this all the time? I said, no, I don't. That's part of me. I, I, she says, I was 18 years old when I learned that about you. And I said, I didn't want to influence what you were doing. I didn't want to force you to do things your way. I said, I wanted to be able to use what I'd learned through the mistakes that I'd made and the challenges that I faced to help you grow up. But I wasn't going to change your destination that way. That was your direction to take. And and you need to be able to make your own choices and your own trials. I said, what I wanted to explain to these kids is you can still be successful. That no matter the challenges you faced as a kid, and that you're facing still right now as a job core student, whatever becomes of you is is amazing. You can do whatever you really want to do. And And you probably wanted to hear that message. And then having your trainer who had just left, you can be like, that's my trainer and (laughs) tie it all in together. Right. And I just absolutely love that. One of the questions I had, and maybe you kind of answered it, was, you know, what difficult situations have you had or overcome to be able to connect with people or interact or communicate? And that, you know, even just sharing, being vulnerable, maybe to share. But I'm curious if you can think of any other 
uh, situations that have been difficult to be able to speak to different types of people and groups? Oh, that is such a good question, and it is so hard to to answer. I mean, yes, my my upbringing, my my childhood, that certainly gave me ways to connect with kids. It, it doesn't give me ways to connect with adults, and it, so it's. I, I have found more trials, probably, or challenges that I've learned from in speaking to adults and being challenged by somebody. And I, I remember giving a speech, and again, kind of winging it. And then having somebody tell me I was wrong. And they didn't just tell me they published it. And I've never been kicked like that before. It, it, there was enough of that to to have me say, I don't ever want to do this again. Why why on earth am I being the mayor? Why, why should I do this? Man, I, I got beat up for it. And how did you get back up and do it? Because all of us get kicked down, right? I love that quote. All of us fall down or get kicked down, but it's a choice to be able to get back up and stand up and move forward. It's, it's that, well, I I was speaking at uh, Utah state and I was speaking to a real estate class and their motto as they, as they, uh, handed me afterwards after I'd given this little lecture to them on uh, on something that I know at that point, you know, it's real estate. They walked up and handed me a mug or a, a water bottle and on it, it said it was the uh, quote. I can't remember. Oh, I have it. Let's see. It's sitting right next to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> it says, Dare Mighty Things. And to me, that was. That's life, you know, and it reminded me that, yeah, I can do this. And somebody will always challenge you. Um, it, it, there's there's no way around it. There's There are antagonists out there that just want to tear you down no matter what you do. And you can't you, you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I started off in public office wanting to please everyone because I, I, I want people to like me. I want people to. To, to connect with me. I want, I want to make them happy. And, you know, I spend my life as a realtor putting people into houses and wanting them to be happy and to see that joy on their faces. And so I want that in everything that I do. And then I realize it's not always possible. Mm-hmm. I can't force people to, to, to like me. I can't force those connections. They have to be natural. And so after being kicked like that and just, I didn't want to speak again. I really didn't. But I'd already made this commitment to uh, to the school. And so when I went up to Utah State to speak, I was nervous, but at least I was speaking on something I knew. I was going to teach real estate. And I, I double-checked my facts. I double-checked my numbers. I wanted to make sure anything that I was going to share with them all of a sudden wasn't going to get challenged or questioned, And even though they were students. And, man, I, I was more prepared numbers-wise than, than I probably ever needed to be. And then when they handed me this cup, this, this bottle, and it, you know, it said, they're mighty things, you know, you have to take that chance in order to be and do mighty things. You have to try and you have to be dare. You know, you have to be dared to do it. You have to have that courage. And was that, did I hear you right? That when you went to Utah state, that's when it felt like the most successful. It really did. It turned it. That was, I think, as far as having been, been kicked and and put down and 
leveled as a as a public speaker in any sense that was my my turning point as a speaker that was you know what i can i i still can and and not just speak but i can lead and it, it, it's hard you know when you're on a city council uh, you have a vote when you're the mayor you don't and so i've got five city council members who get to vote on everything we do as a city and i don't and so my only way to to feel successful is to bring the ideas Mm-hmm. And then to convince them that they're right and to guide them down a path that that I see as the right path. And again, I have quite often have council members that look right at me and go, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I could take that now as a gut punch, but I look at it and go, okay, well, let's talk this through. Right. And sometimes I win and sometimes I don't. And I'm okay now when I don't win. Because I, I've been able to see their point of view and why something might not be the right thing. I love but that. Boy, it's, it's hard. Well, what was really cool about what you said, and I think all of us get to a space, I think sometimes before we're growing and moving forward in our life, sometimes things get really hard it, for me personally. Um, I, I, what I heard you say, though, when things were hard, you weren't going to speak. You just worked harder. You overcame the voices in your head that whatever, you were going to quit, you were going to be done, which we've all, we all go through. But then you had this amazing, almost like growth triumph with these students and something that you can look back on and say, okay, I have this happen to help me get here. And I'm never going to go back. Like, I will continue to move forward and share my messages, even if things feel hard, because you you overcame that, right? Well, everything, everything that go that we go through should be a learning experience for us and not just for today, but man, I hope for forever. I mean, there's things again that I've gone through that I want to go back and look at and, and I don't want to bury them. I don't want to put them behind me. They're success stories because I'm still here. And if, if they weren't success stories, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be talking because I would have given up years ago and we can hide in a hole or we can say, you know what? I can do better and I can succeed at this. And no matter how many times you you fail, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it goes back to that saying, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It's how many times you get up. I love it. And as long as you're getting up, it, you can make it. And I realized, you know, it was that whole Thomas Edison. They'd say, well, you failed at trying to figure this out a thousand times. And it was like, no, I never failed. I just found a thousand ways that it didn't work until yeah. it <laughs> So we're constantly trying and doing that. So my last question for you, Mark, is what would you say to the one, the one person that's here listening to this podcast today that feels like what you were saying, wants to give up, doesn't feel like they have a message to share, doesn't feel connected with people, or maybe they feel that people don't like them or see them. What would you say to that one person who's looking to connect or to have communication, any of that? I think two different people um, to, to the one person that's looking and, and doesn't feel like they matter, doesn't feel like they, that, that it's worth it. They do, they, they matter and they need to understand that they do. But if you want to feel like you matter, find somebody else that doesn't think they do. Because that's your, that's your ability to truly make a difference in this life is to find that other person, find that one that needs your help. If you want to feel confident about yourself, 
find somebody who's not confident about themselves and and help them grow. It's it's hard because every single one of us has a purpose. We, we all matter. I've got I've got six amazing kids that are mine, that are my my biological kids. And then I have an adopted son. He's my oldest. Um he uh, in fact we adopted him on his birthday when he turned 30. Oh wow. Um we brought him into the into our family when he was thir- when he was 17. Wow. And I, I look at that kid and the success that he has had he has overcome more in his life than any of us can probably ever imagine Um, from a total dysfunctional family. And all he needed was for somebody to grab a hold of him and say, you can, and you can do better. He had had everything he ever wanted, you know, that he needed handed to him. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to do anything. Somebody just always took care of them. Mm -hmm. It was a handout. And it took a long, took a while to break that cycle with him, to not give him a handout, but to give him a hand up and to help him learn who he was and, and that he could be successful on his own. And, you know, his dad had been in prison. His brother's still in prison. His older brother's in San Quentin for a hate crime murder that he's in life without parole. Mom was in and out of jail. It, it came from a horrible, horrible background. And he has turned himself into one of the most upstanding men that I know mm-hmm. and just, just a great guy. And it, it, people have just given up on him. And that's, that, that to me is terrible. You know, look for that person that, that, that needs your hand. It's uh, it's something I wear on my pin, uh, on my lapel. It's on my, every one of my suits. It's, it's uh it's on my uh my bracelet that I wear with me all the time and it's it's responsibility mm-hmm. um it it goes back to the the probably the most uh touching book the most cha- the best book I've ever read uh, the most life-changing book uh was Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning oh, so good and awesome. and that bracelet and that lapel pin and the statue that sits on my desk at the city um, is responsibility and it's one hand reaching down to pick up another. And that was Viktor Frankl saying, you can't have liberty and freedom without responsibility. And the, uh, if you look closely, a good friend of mine created the statue, but if you look closely, it's these two hands, but it's a right hand and a left hand. And so when I asked the, the artist, you know, Gary, why did you do that? It's, Whenever you're reaching down to pick somebody up, it's right hand to right hand. Mm -hmm. It's left hand to left hand. It is never right hand to left hand. Interesting. And he said, and I will never forget that moment. He said, Mark, I used my own hands because responsibility starts here. Oh, I love that. He says, it's up to me to, to make that difference. It's up to me to look around at the world that I have. And say, I have a responsibility to take care of everybody else in whatever way that I possibly can. How do I help them grow? How do and so I look at my life now and how do I give people confidence? How do I take a youth and say, you matter, you can do better, you can be everything you possibly want to be. Don't fear. And 
that's it. Do that, like for your son and all those people that you're talking about. When we trust in other people and we have confidence in them, what I've seen is it gives confidence for them to think, "Wow, he thinks I can." They think I can do this, and they can step up to the plate. I mean, even with little kids, my little cute three-year-old was trying to make a sandwich. I'm like, "You've got this. You can do it. You can put peanut butter and jelly." And it was a mess. But then now she thinks she can make a sandwich and she can do things because. I let her know you can do this. You've got it. And then they're like, when someone can believe in you, right? It makes it easier for you to have confidence. I don't know, to believe in themselves too. Yeah. So I love how you shared that. Well, I am so grateful, Mark, for you sharing this. And, and thank you for sharing that, you know, to the one person, the two, whoever's out there. And um, as we leave today, we just want you to remember that we're here to help you share building connections and confidence, and being able to communicate just one person at a time. So if you can't speak in front of a group of 20,000 people, just try to look at the one person in front of you and be able to say that what you have to share does matter. And it doesn't need to be like everybody else. And that being authentic and just being you is awesome. So I love that. Anything else you want to share before we close, Mark? Well, thank you for letting me uh, let, let me speak with you today. It, it, I know there's people out there that need it. And and again, I don't, I don't know who it is we were speaking to today. I don't know who's going to sit down and listen to this and go, wow, I needed that. But I'm confident somebody will. But yeah. it's going to turn that on and go, that's all I needed to know. You know, I'm better. I can do this. You know, don't fear. And thank you for sharing everything about you. We're just so lucky to have you. So thanks again, Mark. We appreciate you. Thank you. See you next week.